Welcome to the Found Podcast, a sort of after show for City Reach Oakton's 5pm service, a place to gather as a church to worship God and hear relevant Bible teaching aimed at youth and young adults. We're here to reflect on the sermons and share what we got out of it to help all of us live a life for God's glory. Today we'll be interviewing Pastor Ollie Van Ruth and we will be discussing the Anchor series and beyond. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Found Podcast. Here we are with episode 5. I am Deacon Percy. And I'm McKenna Paul. And today we will be interviewing a very special guest. I hope you're all excited. Yeah, so please um, enjoy this nice little interview with Pastor Ollie Van Roof. And God bless, I hope you have a great week and that you had a great Father's Day. Hi everyone, it's me and Ken McKenna. I just want to quickly uh, throw in that this interview starts pretty much just Suddenly, we just started, Ollie, Deacon and I just started talking, and I just hit the record button. Uh, so the first five or so minutes, I'd say, we just are talking. Uh, but then after that, we do a more formal starting and really get into it. But I've kept that first five minutes in because it's a really good conversation. We're talking, uh, we're actually talking about the uh, just the recent Sermon of Forgiveness and talk about uh, a couple of different things. So that's where the conversation starts. And yeah. So enjoy. But I didn't have a manuscript, so I just went off the slides. Was that something um, that was actually kind of good for you? Because, like, different way of talking? Like, yeah. Because, like, then you're more yeah. natural, I suppose. And I think on a topical series as well, I can just... I have a bit more freedom to just mm. riff a bit. And I knew that I wanted to go to Matthew and talk about that parable and the, like, 200,000 years of wages. Like... That's that. That's cool. Oh, we got that. I got that slightly off. I said like a couple of hundred years of wages. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> no, no. no, I actually I never heard of that parable before. Never, oh, really? I never heard of it. it wow. Because like, because when you whenever it goes, oh, yeah. this, here comes a parable. I'm like, all right, here we go, parable. Yeah. I never heard of that parable. Yeah. I don't know why, that's but a, it was really that's good, a good parable. One. Yeah. I really loved it. Yeah. Well, it's pretty. I I should have. I could have just retold it, and that's maybe what I should have done, because these stories would have been told and mm. not written. You know, like I should have just. Let me tell you the story. Yeah. This guy is forgiven this much. Um, because I think you probably could have had that as a... Because, like, 1 John, like, that, that passage. Yeah. Like, it's irrelevant, but you didn't really... I didn't, nah. didn't Like, I, I know that was that was why when I did, like, I did the sermon, I just included that. Because you didn't really refer back to it. Yeah. To all, but, like, you know. Yeah. I... That was the decision to make. Because it was a topical sermon. I'm like, okay, which, um, which passage, passage should I use? And, uh... I thought the um, parable would have been too long, but also I wanted to them to hear it with fresh ears when I when I read it out. So I was mm. going to be reading it out anyway. Yeah. So I thought I'll get the other passage to be read out. Okay. Um, the other thought was that two Corinthians five, uh, two Corinthians two passage. Yeah, well, that was what but, I thought was kind of like <laughs> it's yeah. like that, but yeah, Satan outwits us. No, because I was literally just I um googled forgive or forgiveness on um. Bible Gateway, I was like, all the references. <laughs> I was like, pro pastor research. Yeah. I was like, what? That's amazing. That'd be such a good hook. Mm. It, is, it was um, a really good hook. Yeah. Like when I, when I was, you know, sitting there like, oh, that's how you're starting. Your stuff. Yeah. Well, if you were Satan. I literally was thinking, I was like, oh, the podcast question. <laughs> if you were Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I think, yeah. I, I think that would have been a fun yeah. one. It would have, it would have been, but I, mm. so McKenna, getting to today's question, what would you do if you were Satan? <laughs> have you read the screw table? well that was my initial i actually wrote a letter of satan's diaries of satan's schemes or something like that okay like wrote in like fancy handwriting and like 
was like, I'll show this on the screen and yeah. be like, I discovered Satan's schemes to outwit us, but then I thought... It was a sermon or a drama play? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a bit... It was like... I read it again the next day on Sunday. Because I wrote it on Saturday. Mm. Oh, yeah, I wrote it on Saturday on Sunday. I, and I looked at it and I was like... It was... I thought in the moment I was like C.S. Lewis. And then when I read it back, I was like, oh, no, nah, this is... There's a reason why I only C.S. Lewis. That's yeah, that's right. And everyone would be like, you're trying to be C.S. Lewis and failing. I don't actually wonder how many people do know the Screwtap letters. Because yeah. I, I found out because of like that. Yeah. And I don't think even... Yeah. You probably don't know what Screwtap... I don't think you know what it is, do you? Mm. It's like a book. So it's like a fiction book that C.S. Lewis wrote. Where it's basically like... like Uncle Is it Uncle Screwtap 2? Yeah. Um, Wormwood. To one, yeah, Wormwood. And so it's like yeah. one devil writing a letter to another, like telling them about a, how a to... junior devil, yeah, like, mm-hmm. trying to teach him. And um, the best can I recommend an audiobook with Andy Circus? Oh what? Oh my word! Andy Circus did an audiobook of the Screwtape Letters, and he plays Wormwood. And, oh, uh, oh, he plays Screwtape. Sorry, and his voice is just perfect. It's just like that sounds. Awesome. It was epic. Yeah, I definitely want to listen to that. You might be able to find it. I don't know where, but um, he, yeah, it was so good. That's what I'll use my free audiobook trial for. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's a um, someone gave it to me, like in a big CD set, and um, I played it on a road trip to the Air Peninsula. I was on my own, mm-hmm. um, twenty fifteen, and um, it was so good. It like the time just flew because I was just so engrossed in the story, because C.S. Lewis is really hard to read sometimes because he's yeah. so like intricate and dense. But um, like listening to it, you really caught the the feeling behind it, and and Andy Circus is an amazing actor. So he is, yeah. And he always just seems to. He's always. He's never like. He sometimes he feels like a physical actor without actually having a physical pres- yeah. presence. You know, because obviously yeah. he did Planet of the Apes, that yeah. movie series. Yeah. You know, like that's obviously yeah. it's more about the voice than anything almost. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know he's a cool actor. Oh, absolutely. Hey everybody. Um. Yeah. Hey, Ollie. Uh, welcome. Um, how are you doing today? Great, Deacon. Yeah, it's good to be here. Good to be your very first guest. I'm really proud of you guys and what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, we're just really excited to have you on and, yeah, talking about all things found and young adults and stuff. Keen. All right. Well, um, uh, first of all, uh, happy Father's Day, everyone. Uh, we're recording this before Father's Day, but you you can forget about that. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah so was i was gonna ask first of all um what are your plans this father's day ollie yeah i'll be i'm hosting the morning service so uh i'll be there and then we're going out to lunch to my parents which would be really nice we've, we've got a few other kids nephew my nephews and nieces so that'll be fun and i don't know meg might surprise me uh, i'll be honest i didn't do a great job of mother's day this year um and Meg and I have worked that through. She's amazing. She's so gracious. So I'm I'm wanting to be better next year for Mother's Day. Uh, it was a busy time for me, but that's confession time. Is that actually, is that partly what maybe inspires you to do a Sermon on Forgiveness by chance? <laughs> <laughs> sermon on Forgiveness, yeah. I was, it was aimed at Meg. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, but yeah, good one. <laughs> but it is actually. Just that would a, actually, that would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> we had to practice that in, in marriage. It's like conflict. Yeah. yeah, Meg was really gracious. She... Um, didn't want to bring it up, but then she was honest to say, Hey, I was actually a little bit hurt by that. And I learned, I was able to say sorry. And, um, now I want to change and be better. So yeah, 
that is that is a great attitude to have. You remember when your anniversary is, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Um, see, the first Mother's Day, I did a song. I wrote her a song on behalf oh, of the kids. Oh, that's so cool. And then I think I, I was, this is my pride coming in because I, I, over the year, had like set her up for the second verse that's coming. And then I didn't. <laughs> but the night before, we went to Les Mis, the musical. And I think I just assumed that, ah, oh, that'll be my Mother's Day present. I wrote a card, but I think I should have done more effort. She's an amazing man. She carries so much. Um, shout out to Meg if you're listening. So grateful for her. Mm. Um, but yeah, Father's Day will be great because Meg's amazing. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, all right. Well, um, I guess, I guess, I guess moving on, uh, I guess we should also introduce you as a guest. So. Ollie, if you want to talk a bit about yourself for a, uh, for like a minute or two or something. Uh, like, who yeah. are you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to who share. Who are you? Who Ollie? am I? Um, you might want to ask questions too. Like, I was born in Australia, uh, but we lived in Canada for a while. That's why my brother has a Canadian accent. It's oh. interesting. But we moved back in about 2000, um, had a good schooling experience, um, and studied history at university. I loved it. Love stories. That's a bit about me. Mm. Um, was heaps involved in my youth group, beach missions, sea camps. Did a bunch of stuff. I was really impacted by some older Christians at my school that kind of helped me become a Christian myself. So you, so you were a Christian when you were quite young? Yeah, mum and dad became Christian after they got married. But then growing up, they sort of taught us about the Bible. Mm. Um, I'm a middle child though, so I was a chronic attention seeker and was able Amen. to... Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are, aren't they? Um, but we, uh, oh, that's right. You're a middle child too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we are kind of outcast here as an eldest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I want, I just knew all the Bible answers to impress mm. my teachers, but amongst my friends, I just wanted to be cool and wouldn't talk about Jesus and stuff. Just would, I compartmentalize things so that people would like me. Um, yeah. And then that changed when through youth group, I had great, had a youth group leader called Joel, who was really helpful had some leaders on sea camp just to I saw how real it was and how awesome Jesus is. Mm. I think convicted over my own sin as well. Um, I wasn't this perfect little boy, you know, <laughs> I was far from God. And just to be able to see again, the cross, I remember a, a, a guy called Sam Bleeby spoke in our youth camp through Romans actually. Oh, uh, it's relevant. Um, and on the cross and saw that the cross was for me, not just kind of, generally for forgiveness but because of my sin and so that was uh part of my journey yeah so how is all that experience i suppose um helped you in coming into the role that you have as the youth and young adults at city reach yeah well it certainly gave me a heart to want to help others know jesus and particularly leading on um sea camps and youth camps and then through university as well, just thinking through and being challenged in my own faith and going through that journey of being challenged but then coming out on the other side and, no, this is true and I want to help others see that. And um, So I've, I've sort of been shaped and formed in that way. I've had ex- a lot of experience with leadership as well um, that kind of helped shape me for this role, um, helping lead teams. And more and more I'm seeing my role as uh, enabler and empowerer and, this very podcast is like part of my heart is mm. to help others use their gifts and, and learn. So I do feel very empowered um, having this show to just talk about stuff. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, nah, it's good. It's actually 
what it's uh i look forward to every episode i've been listening it's good yeah thank you um and also just wondering then why like like going off that why have a service just aimed at you for young adults like why like why found yeah so i got asked by the elders to do young adults last year in COVID, and then through that time we had an evening service they asked us to kind of we want to help reach young people but then at the end of the year, I'd been thinking and praying through and what I didn't want was a church that was necessarily segregated. I don't think we should have a specific young adult church and then a family church, but we should have the church of God serving each other. Uh, but I also see, um, hey, do you remember they used to say young adults were the unreached generation? Do you remember they using that language? I disagreed and maybe some elders were listening. I don't know, uh, but they, I, I reckon our young adults are actually very good at reaching their friends. And you see, we've had a bunch of open nights and people bringing their friends along and mm. talking. They're reaching their friends. They're not necessarily unreached, but they are the most vulnerable. And a lot of young people are asking big questions and the massive dropout of church attendance comes close to after high school. Mm. And so... Part of my heart was like, hey, how can we help stem that? And let's actually do something specifically targeting uh, young people to help disciple and shepherd them and also give them a space to grow and use their gifts. And so found became this space of, I didn't want it to be, we take the young adults out, but actually a ministry of the whole church coming. And you see guys like Steve and Terry early have bought into that and they want to be there. They're at church and we're like, we're championing the next generation. So it's not like it's not for anyone else but it is a ministry of the church to help young people find Jesus that they, yeah, that they'll be found. Yeah. And I totally love that. Like that, like not even just the concept, but it actually is happening. Like mm. even just that, because one of the things, because Deke and I obviously were finished youth last year. One of the things we were worried about, at least for me was, you know, do we, do we stay in like a sort of Bible study group thing? You know, how do we keep having that? And I suppose, I guess one of the advantages of you, not only being young adults pastor, but a youth pastor is that, you sort of really enabled a really smooth transition where now we're in community groups where we're still with similar leaders and that helps continue to grow that relationship and help stop that, as you were saying, that dropout that often mm. happens after high school. Yeah, that's good. That's that's so good. You could say we found a way to keep us going in in the church. I don't know. <laughs> this is stupid. You had something there. It was coming. <laughs> I liked it. That's all right. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. so um, Do you want to know why I found? Yeah, I actually did. Let's go, yeah. It was actually the Christmas dinner lunch with uh, the staff. And we were coming up with, we need a name for this because it's not, we want it to be distinct. not Because we were making changes. Mm. The evening ser- church, like 6 p.m. service, had an identity, had a culture, had a history. And we wanted to change that. We wanted to change the direction, change the kind of culture. Um, we didn't want it to just be a service. We wanted it to be like a community that's um, participatory, not just, not just a flashy stage sermon and then everyone else, but like it's a, yeah, we're in it together. But uh, we're sitting around dinner at Charmanas and uh, it was Josh Taylor actually came up with the, uh, the word found. So we, um, I think part of it was by heart was built. Like we want to be built strong, this kind of stuff. And we're looking at synonyms for, for something to be built or strong. And uh, yeah, like a foundation, like if something is found, um, yeah, that's kind of how... But then it had so many different, like, uh, relevant, yeah, meanings. Mm. Like, that we... Jesus came to 
to find the lost sheep, you know, that we would be found in him and those kind of things. And then um, it kind of birthed out of that. All right, well. So Josh um, Taylor, shout out. Yeah, shout out to Josh. He's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He locked up uh, the H block for a, for a flow groups the other day when I asked him if he could. So, <laughs> What do we talk about forgiveness, Deacon? Huh? We talk about forgiveness. What do you mean? Like forgiving? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, what's that got to do with what I just said? I have no oh, idea. Oh, he did lock up. Not. Oh, he did lock up. I think <laughs> he yeah. did it. I'm no, so sorry. I thought you were saying shout out to not locking I up. Was like, I was like, hey, Josh, do you have a key for the H-Block? He was okay. like, yeah, I can go lock it up. Oh, like, All okay. right, cool, thanks. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. No, anyway, so um, let's let's talk about Anchors. Let's talk about the series that we've almost finished but haven't quite. <laughs> so I guess, uh, yeah, coming up, uh, on the next question, why do you choose uh, specifically Romans seven to eight as like the basis for the anchors series? Yeah, good question. Uh, there's probably two angles to this. One is actually part of Vinith's ministry apprenticeship was to prepare a preaching series, and this was it. Uh, oh. So uh, I, I gave this to him. You got the wrong guy. <laughs> uh, but we worked on it together, and um, so I've been really proud of his hard work. And uh, we also work with. The core team, like Francis as well, uh, helps. Um, I, I like to collaborate with my messages and preaching series. So it's not just my ideas, but other people too. But actually, why Romans 7 and 8? Because that's where we were up to in Romans. So um, start of last, about July last year, we did Romans 1, 2, 3, 4. That was um, the gospel for everyone, how the gospel affects everyone. Then we did, uh, do you remember Damo did get uh, chapter 5? Uh, yeah. start of the year and then we did the insanity of sin in chapter six so that was in february this year uh how paul says should we go on sinning so that grace may abound and he says by no means <laughs> it's it. crazy it's insane why would we sin anymore because we're dead to sin you know, we're no longer slave to sin it's not our master anymore we have a new future that was the kind of insanity of sin mm-hmm. so romans 7 was next and then yeah so we kind of went romans 7 romans 8 and why anchors? Uh, well, Vanith had really helpfully crafted this series, broken it up into four, I think, key messages. And as we're preaching series, we want to kind of have a hook or something to tie it all together. That one, it makes it memorable. Mm. Two, it helps people grab in with the content. And so, yeah, we're like, how can we frame this? And what had been on my heart was um, just life is so tumultuous. And uh, I just felt for a lot of people that were, were struggling to hold on to their faith and people don't always know what to hold on to. Mm. And in Romans 7 and 8, we had these great, like beautiful gospel truths, so foundational to who we are as Christians that I, that I yeah, that I was, Beneath and I were like anchors. Um, I actually thought about doing a, a separate series called Anchors with different kind of um, like if you imagine a, a pyramid, like what's the foundational, like what are the truths that we sit on as Christians that we can hold on to when people come, I you know, challenge our faith and that kind of stuff. But we ended up, yeah, this was perfect fit anchors mm. for a Rome seven and eight. And, um, and you look at that, like in the end of chapter eight, as we're going to look at soon, um, is, uh, what can separate us from the love of God? You know, so trouble or nakedness or danger or famine or sword, like all these things that are coming up against us make sense. Like what can anchor us? It could be another way of putting it. So mm. that's where, that's why anchors. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. really cool. Um, 
I just want to ask also, so if you've, like, we've kind of been, over time, been, like, following Romans as sort of, like, chapter by chapter, is, is like, is the end goal to get through all of Romans somehow in a really disguised way, but no one realises that we've gone through the entire book of Romans? <laughs> oh, maybe. I mean, chapter 9, 10, and 11 are not the easiest books to preach, so <laughs> we'll see if when I get enough courage to preach through those. Uh, but that's been my approach, is mostly preaching through Scripture, and I want us to get through as much Scripture as we can uh, and then from time to time, we'll, we'll tackle topical things. Um, but yeah, that's been my approach. I think young people, maybe this is unfair, but don't have as much attention span. So if we said... Did Can Ro- confirm. <laughs> <laughs> if I said, let's do Romans for six months, um, some people might get bored. And that's, that's okay. Maybe that's not true of everyone, um, but that's been my approach, doing bits and pieces. So we've done that with 1 Corinthians too. So... Mm. So, 1 Corinthians as well. <laughs> so, we started with chapter 1 when we started this service in COVID. When when we started this new service after COVID shut down the evening service, we restarted. I was given um, leadership of the service. We started with 1 Corinthians. And mm. so, we went up to chapter 7. And then this year, we came back to chapter 8, um, 9, and 10. And then again, chapters 11 <laughs> to 14 are a bit more tricky, uh, but I think we should preach through them. Can, uh, can I just wonder, why why are those those later chapters so difficult? Like what makes them both in 1 Corinthians and Romans yeah. so hard? Yeah, I think that's where uh, there needs to be really good uh, Bible study and contextualization. So like in 1 Corinthians 11, it talks about women needing to wear head headpieces and uh, head coverings and mm. We have an answer to that. If, you, if you're if you at church, you'll notice that women aren't wearing head coverings, and that's okay. I have. <laughs> so um, there's just a bit more nuance to that. Uh, and there's probably a bit more diversity of interpretation on, say, spiritual gifts in chapter 12. So um, that's why it's, yeah, it's probably just, like I said, it's harder to preach because one Christian can read it and another Christian can read it and come to different conclusions. Mm. So there's a bit more um, interpretive diversity there. So, and... Both evangelical Christians could both make different, um, uh, different, uh, you know, conclusions. And Romans nine, ten, eleven talks about uh, predestination. Talks about uh, like uh, all of like a future for Israel. These kind of things that are just hard topics. And I'm a young preacher, so that's why I'm a bit, a bit more scared. But I think I would like to do them. Um, would, would this not the solution? I guess, but would an idea might be in those cases where it's a bit more. I guess, subjective, would it be to sort of almost have like a, here's what some people say, here's what, like almost present both sides and help us at least understand yeah. what the passage is saying? That's because, exactly what I would yeah. do. Uh, I would, and I've had great preachers in the past help me do that to say, here's what a, what a bunch of Christians interpret this. This is where our church lands. And uh, this is, you know, within what we think is uh, um, helpful. And then here's probably what's outside the bounds um, but I think I would have grace over that. And naturally, churches, like we have part of our membership, you know, we expect you to be, believe in Jesus and those kind of core things. But then there's distinctives of the church that, um, hey, this is where we stand, but you don't have to agree with those to be a member, mm-hmm. those kind of things. That that's There's diversity within understanding. And I had a great chat with our pastor team on. He said, we're all growing theologically, like we're learning and developing and you don't have all this sorted out in day one. So, yeah. And then I suppose uh, just one last question about uh, the anchor series. Mm. Um, 
what gospel truth has been the most impactful for you um, in your faith, either recently or just um, throughout your life? Yeah, for me, I've I've struggled with this. Might come as a surprise with sin. Um, <laughs> Never would have thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, this has been so helpful, particularly Romans seven. I even was talking with one of my best mate. We went on a hike the other day for his birthday, mm. and. You know, he's been flat in his faith and struggled, you know, he's, um, yeah. And just to be able to, again, remember that um, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We have a new identity and our heart to follow Jesus is because of our acceptance, not because we have to earn our salvation. And so I, I really resonated with that illustration of the cupboard and we sort of can feel trapped in the cupboard and unworthy in the cupboard. But actually, God invites us out into his home as his children. and But then as his children, he's invested in us to, to grow and to be sanctified, to be holy. And so even though that I've struggled with sin or felt that wrestle within, like Paul says, what a wretched man I am, I can still push through to my identity as, as not condemned, but as, as his child. And that from that, I can stand up and... Because sometimes you can just feel like you have to earn your way out of the mud. Mm. Like you're in the muck and you're in the mess and you're, you're kind of swimming in that and you're thinking, I like, I'm just, you know, I p- pretend that I have it all together and eventually I'll get better. But it's actually, um, you don't have to pretend to anyone. Like God has accepted us. He's, I mean, the Psalm says he lifted us out of the miry clay. Like he's lifted us up and um, that's got to be our identity and that's got to then be our motivator for change and like i said for holiness and so that's kind of been a big one for me um i think that week when i preached on the spirit um was helpful personally and i think i said that in the sermon as well i was really honest i had a had a rough week i wasn't planning on doing that message um but god really spoke to me that i've been operating um like a plane just on the tarmac just like forgetting that like planes can fly <laughs> and and we actually have the spirit with us all the time and um and yeah like we we have his power we have his presence and just having a bit more peace and and life in that and i'm not alone i'm not just kind of it's not black and white but it's it's color and I think sorry that, too many illustrations no, no, that's, a, no. <laughs> that, that's a sign of a good pastor um, <laughs> next uh, tune in next week for when we draw them all yeah that's right <laughs> but I think you do make a, and I think that sort of struggle to really continue to feel that spirit continue to rely on it is something I think a lot of people in this church because I think a lot of us are I think we've been believers for long enough where we've we've, we've kind of had that sugar high you know after mm. you've been baptized or you've, mm. you know, you've been found in Christ and I think it's such a great it's such an important reminder that we actually, that it's not just a sugar high, but it is, I don't know, a healthy yeah. food. That's continuous. Yeah, the spirit, it's, good. it's a healthy, it's a vine. There you go. That's yeah. my illustration yeah. <laughs> from whatever, whatever part of the Bible it is. So I'm not, <laughs> but yeah. No, it's because it's the, okay. <laughs> no, but I, um, I really like, um, I'm looking forward to Harold too, finishing off the uh, end of the series. He, he was, he's really keen to do it. And he talks about that, like, I'm persuaded moment of that nothing can separate us. And yeah, looking forward to that too. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited, especially not I mean just that, but also just, I don't know, I just don't know how Harold does a sermon. Like, I've never <laughs> seen it before. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, I guess um, 
moving forward uh, beyond the Anchor series, since it's coming to a close soon, uh, we were a little curious as to if you'd be willing to give us a little glimpse of what's to come. Yeah. Oh, really excited. Um, we're going to be doing a series called Does God Care Who I Sleep With? Wow. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, I read this great book called Why Does God Care Who I, Who I Sleep With by Sam Albury. Would highly recommend. Um, and just really a nuance and grace-filled uh, kind of, let's assume nothing. Let's let's assume we, um, we don't know anything why uh, we kind of have a sexual ethic the way we do. Um, and then he's just kind of really helpfully kind of built this case of why um, God does care who we sleep with and why that's a good thing and why the biblical view of sex and sexual expression is good uh, and and yeah, not something to be ashamed of. And I think that's been really helpful because sometimes maybe culturally as Christianity, say 50 years ago, most of society kind of shared a similar viewpoint of Christians. It was kind of like most people were like, yeah, you should save sex for marriage. And yeah, maybe homosexuality isn't awesome. Yeah, abortion's not awesome. Like culture kind of agreed with Christians. And then now it's very different. There's a, there's a distinct... But sometimes we can operate as if we were still there 50 years ago. And so the approach is kind of, you're wrong. You need it. You know, uh, it's, it's more forceful. But actually, because it's so different now, we actually need to help people from like there's fundamentals be behind it all that need to be understood first and foremost before we kind of get to outward behavior. And so, like, it kind of starts with our identity as, as those whose God has made. And, mm. uh, and I think Christians have a strong case for that. So what we're going to do with that, we're going to look at, um, from an identity level, like, why sex, um, why marriage, all those kind of things, um, and actually look at, yeah, kind of building that foundational look. And I think, like, the Me Too movement has it been really positive towards this because society gets and accepts that sexual abuse is different to physical abuse because there's something intrinsic to who we are that you're actually that you're actually affecting and let, let's let's tease that out and actually look at hey, yeah that's because we're made in god's image and god has made sex to connect souls together and so actually looking at the why there um and so that's going to be a great message the second message Vanita's going to give around uh, gender and transgenderism um big big topics lots of big questions the third sermon will be about controversial uh, where the Christian view of sex actually is quite different to the world's view of sex. So that's where we'll tackle kind of the big topics of homosexuality, pornography, those kind of like sex before marriage. And I want to do that with grace. And at the end of that message as well, like what if I really messed up? Um, and so help them to find uh, grace and mercy in that too. So, uh, And then the finished one, uh, fourth one, Graham's going to do on just practically helping young adults think through dating and marriage and That'll be good. Uh, he's got some good stories to share. So, And at the end of that, we'll have a Q&A. So wow. it's going to be a big, big yeah, term. Yeah. Um, we're going to have uh, Jeff Lynn. He's been involved with ES giving a training um, on one night. Uh, yeah, it's going to be good around homosexuality and same-sex attraction, which would be really interesting. He's really experienced. Um, so it's going to be a, a big month, but I think uh, young adults are asking these questions and we want to address them. So. Yeah, yeah uh, just a side note. I remember like... Um uh, would have been a few months ago now um, when Graham was uh, talking about um, 
married uh sex and marriage as well and i remember he said so something like uh you know, once you get married, you can have as much sex as you want. And I was sort of like, okay, let's hold, let's pull the brakes <laughs> on a bit there. I've, uh, <laughs> I've, I've teased him about that too. Cause that's, uh, uh, that's a classic pastor thing to do, <laughs> which can also, can also be unhelpful because, uh, uh, yeah, it's not as simple as you're married and just go have it as much as you want. And I, I'm sure. Yeah. Know. Sounds a little bit lost for, but <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll give Graham grace there. And I assure you, no, it, it won't great. be like that. This one. <laughs> and I, I'm really actually, I'm not, I'm really keen to hear about that series because I think it is, you know, we talking before about found being for you for adults. I think that is such a, mm. like you said, we're asking these questions mm. and I am really like, you know, I know some things, but frankly, like you know what what like how do we respond with people ask yeah. these questions like yeah. and i feel like we need to be equipped in that mm. so that we can mm. um probably show people that we do mm. understand our faith we mm. understand what we're you know obviously we we, we love and believe him but let's also understand you know what he actually yeah. what he wants us to believe in as well yeah and i think it's it's not helpful if people are like um well, why can't i uh marry and love my same-sex partner and if we just say, because it's wrong, it's like, well, we actually need to go like they. I think people deserve a more understood and thought thought through kind of understanding of that. And, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Christians actually have a, a good view of, um, yeah, of, of sex. And I think it's because we're so sex positive that um, we have, yeah, boundaries. And that's the thing as well. It's like, every worldview puts boundaries on sexual behavior on appropriate sexual behavior. So, you know, age or consent or, um, you know, if you're in a relationship, it's still a taboo to go and sleep with someone else. Like we all put restrictions on love in that sense. Um, the question is where do you put it and why do you put it there? And Christians have an answer to that. And I don't think the world always has an answer to that. Um, so that's kind of the angle that we'll look at. Would highly recommend, yeah, Sam Albury stuff. He's really helpful in that. Another stuff is uh, John Tyson. He's a pastor that I really look up to. Um, he did a series in 2019 called Controversial Jesus. And he, in the middle of New York, where it is very controversial, um, with very liberal ethics, um, he preached, yeah, hugely well thought out. Long sermons. They were like 70 minutes long. So <laughs> I promise you mine won't be that long. Um Unless, or Deacon, you like it when I preach longer. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah, so I'd highly rec recommend that. It's on YouTube as well. Okay, yeah, I was about to ask. Awesome. Put it on the show notes, something. Yeah, I'll, we'll add to that. Um, John Tyson was, he wrote Beautiful Resistance. Is yes, that? that's yes. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a cool guy. He was, was he, he was born here, wasn't he though? He's from Adelaide. Yeah, he is He got Adelaide. saved at Influences. Oh. And he came cool. to Oakton for a season. Oh, yeah, it's true. Wow, we could have met John Tyson. <laughs> Can we so get him back? Ask, ask uh, one of our elders, Mike Davies, actually mentored him. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Yeah, um, but he's he's yeah he's helped helped me a whole heap um, mm. from not personally, but <laughs> I've read a bunch of his books and and follow his podcasts and stuff. He's mm. um, he's probably more pen Pentecostal than me, but um, it's actually opened my mind a whole heap. And he's he loves the Lord and has a deep. A deep abiding relationship with his word and with God. So mm. yeah, it's been helpful. Oh, so right. that's the next series. Then after that, if you want to hear. Yes, please. Um, after that, we're going to be going through Matthew 8 to 10. 
Um, so we did Matthew 5, 6, 7, the Sermon on the Mount. So again, part of my desire to go through the Bible and let the Bible kind of shape us. Um, I'm going to do chapter 8, 9, and 10. And Venith, Francis, and I went away um, to a forest in somewhere. <laughs> it's not far away, uh, just up northeast, uh, Kesbrook Forest. Um, and we, we prayed and we spent some time alone in that word. And then we came together and we um, talked it through. And the big themes that we saw there was, one is the authority of Jesus and the compassion of Jesus. And also the big thing is the response that people had of faith. And Jesus affirmed their faith. So we're going to look at what is faith. Um, what does that look like? Faith is not just belief, but action, but um, but compassion. But like, what does faith look like? In, and nuancing that, like, who is our faith in? And mm. um, yeah, beautiful part of scripture. So we're doing that over probably to the end of the year, but we're going to stick a series in the middle of that um, oh. called Good Grief. Great. Uh, uh, I love, I'm very proud of that sermon title, but this is uh, something that's... <laughs> is it going to be filled with Peanuts references? <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. Um, now, this is something Frances came to came to our team about and been so grateful for her leadership, um, thinking through how to grieve well, um, particularly for ourselves. So going through suffering, how can we actually have joy? What does that look like practically? We often hear stories of triumph in the church, you know, my leg was broken and God healed it. And, you know, we, we celebrate those stories. But what about those Christians who aren't healed? Um, and what about those stories of they're going, still going through suffering? Uh, how do we have, how do we affirm that, validate lament? And we look at the Bible actually has lots of, uh, lots of instances and words of, uh, to, to grief and to lament and to sorrow. So thinking through that personally, so how to grieve well for ourselves, how to grieve well for others, thinking about as a church, how can we be empathetic? Um, yeah, care, care, help caring for people, not just like, you'll be right. <laughs> just actually helping people. And then how to grieve for the world. Um, yeah, think, you know, like we've just encountered that recently with Afghanistan and Haiti and Louisiana with the hurricane. Like how... How should our response be as Christians and how do we process that sorrow at a grander level of injustice and those kind of things? So just giving legs to that. And then we're going to finish with a story night. So um, it won't have a sermon. We just want to invite people to share their their story. So we'll give people plenty of time. So it won't just... So that's like monuments I you sort of thing. Yeah. 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 so this has kind of been Francis' idea, and that'd be good. My brother's going to come and give a sermon; it should be good. Nick oh, cool. Van Ruth. Awesome. Um, so you'll get to hear the Canadian accent in person. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's he's been through a lot of suffering himself. He's he's got two boys with special needs, and um, one's yeah, and his uh, yeah, he's just he's also pastored a lot of people, even in his short time at um, Hills Baptist Allgate, and uh, through sorrow and through suffering. And so I think he'll help. They've actually preached through the book of Lamentations, uh, which is really cool. Uh, so that's he a t- might, that's he, a tough book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I always think of Lamingtons when <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the most um, painful thing. Yeah. yeah. No, I love, love them. Um, if you ate a lot of them, it might be painful. Um, yeah. But I, he, don't, I don't like them. So like any, well, any really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've told you this several times throughout our. What do you like? I, about I, I probably just a coconut, not, I don't chocolate. Like coconut. Ah, okay. Well, I don't really like coconut either, but I still. It, it, you, I don't know. It's just. It's just. It's just a flavoring on top. You barely taste it. I. I. I taste it. Okay. Fair enough. I respect Amazing. that. Anyway. So yeah, uh, we'll have a story night. Um, 
I think that'll be really helpful for us as a community. A lot of our guys are going through stuff, so um, helping to actually, yeah, be equipped and also equip each other for, you know, five years time. You guys might go through something major, and just to be able to, we've we've already been formed and shaped spiritually to be able to be okay and get through and learn the the spiritual muscles to to um to be resilient. Yeah, I actually think it's really important that we sort of talk through that because i feel like on the one hand we're told a lot you know we have that joy in christ and that is true you know, like we have that happy you know, that joy mm. for our all for our all times kind of suffering but then like, but then often we can just sit there go oh everything's wrong let's just ignore it sort of thing and then that's unhelpful but mm. on the other hand mm. without christ we can always feel like despair and like trying to understand you know where how can i have that joy but how do i also confront my grief mm. i think is really mm. i just think that's going to be really helpful for us yeah yeah Oh, thanks. All right. So that's what's coming up. Yeah. Uh, we're probably not going to do a Christmas series. How do you feel about that? Well, we already did Christmas. <laughs> that's right. So we're probably okay. We'll be yeah. okay. I'll just, we'll just throw up. We'll just, we'll just do a podcast on all those. <laughs> <laughs> As if they're fresh. Yeah. No, Um. I think that's all my questions. Do you, you have anything else to add, Deacon? Um, Nothing. That's... It's all from, from me as yeah. well. Do you have anything you'd like to add, Ollie, before we wrap up? No, anything, that's okay. Anything you want to plug? Uh, I've joined Twitter. I feel like an old man, um, but that's the th- that's now my outlet for uh, when I have thoughts. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, why Twitter? Because I thought you would have. Because oh, you would have jumped. You would have jumped on. I thought you would have been on Instagram, but you. But well, you're not actually. I don't. I don't want to see photos of people's meals, and I don't. This sounds you're really bad. Follow, I gotta you, be you just have to follow the right people. You can. Avoid. I yeah, you're right. I I'd sort of like you can follow the Found Podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's at, right. At um, City Reach Pod. Uh, Twitter's been my kind of I'm going to follow the news I'm going to follow significant like big uh, big thinkers out there mm. um, whereas Facebook and Instagram is more kind of my friends but it sounds bad but I, wa- <laughs> I want to uh, yeah I, I want to hear from particularly following the news and like commentary it's a bit more commentary on the yeah. world than on my day at school kind of thing so yeah. If that's fair, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so. I, no, I totally respect that, and I think I don't know. I used to kind of do that as well, but then one of the things I kind of just I don't know. I think at the end of last year with school finishing, I just got sick of hearing people talk about politics and news. Yeah, and I kind of. <laughs> yeah. I just haven't really haven't really returned to it yet. I don't know, like I don't know. It's a bit like how do you actually? Because I feel like the news and all that like discussion can be so like it can be really interesting, but it really can be such a draining on you. How do you mm. actually? Mm. How do you balance that? like actually remembering the confidence that we have i suppose it's talking about grief to an extent even but yeah i think uh listening to the right people um because and i've yeah unfollowing people that uh yeah it's kind of unhelpful commentary um but i like to be well informed i like to be stretched and i like to stretch my thinking so Mm. i sort of i'm in that place at the moment and if it gets out of balance i think putting good limits i've thought about like do i need to put a alarm on my phone like the time limit on twitter and that kind of stuff um i don't have a huge amount of time in my life with two little (laughs) kids to just sit and play on my phone so hasn't been a major problem for me yet kind of dealing with like i also follow a lot of the news um the news apps i like to read and be informed yeah i think i think i'm in a good place myself spiritually and personally that has i haven't been caught up in the fear of it um and I, I've sort of removed myself from that, uh, and the, but there have been times where I've sort of been—it's been a bit 
too much and you know i i can have a cynical heart but uh if my latest twitter post <laughs> says uh cynicism is unbelief um when we don't believe that the lord will provide we're gonna see the world through negativity and that's what i'll be preaching on uh exodus 16 at the morning service next week oh. about the israelites grumbling and why were they grumbling? They've forgotten the Lord. And then when the Lord provides, he does so. And the reason he says he does so is to show them that I am the Lord. And it's like, oh, they've forgotten who God is. There was a theology problem was their grumbling. Wow. And so that's what, um, same with the news. If I get caught up with negativity and cynicism, I've got a theology problem um, more than anything. So uh, I've forgotten who God is and what he's doing. Wow. So it is a really good plug. It uh, is. Anyway, <laughs> no, I should let you that, guys go. Sorry, was yeah. that is that for, is that the Father's Day sermon? Is that what? No, the week no, after. The week after. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. I never. I need to go to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm really. It'll be recorded. That's yeah. true on the City Reach Oakton podcast feed, which is separate to this one, which you can also <laughs> subscribe to if you want. I feel. Nah, subscribe to this one. Well, you can just do both, but just ignore the other one. <laughs> podcast. Just, just listen podcast. exclusively to us. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending this time, Molly. It's been really great. Um. Yeah, hope you have a great week. Um, yeah, and hope you have a great Father's Day. Thank you so much, guys. Doing an awesome job. Can't wait to hear the next episode. All right, thanks, guys. All right, McKenna out. Deacon out. Ollie out. The Found Podcast is part of City Reach's family of podcasts that bring glory to God and joy to the city. It is hosted and written by myself, McKenna Paul, and Deacon Percy. Music is by Campbell James. Our producer is Pastor Ollie Van Roof, and we are very grateful for this opportunity to serve. If you'd like to keep up with the found sermons that happen every week, then please subscribe to this podcast feed. You can also check out the City Reach Oakton podcast feed to listen to the morning sermons. You can visit City Reach Oakton in person by visiting our Sunday services that happen at 9am, 11am and 5pm. We'd love to see you there. And if you want to go deeper into the Bible, we have community groups every Wednesday at the church offices in the Red Building, is a big glowy city reach sign. You cannot miss it. We also have the youth program on Friday nights for students from years 6 to 12. Find out more about the wider city reach family, please visit cityreach.com.au. And if you would like to send us any feedback or prayer requests, then you can email us using found at cityreach.com.au.